The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Well, it's, it's a, again an honor for my family to be here with you this morning. Um, let me just share a little bit. If we could just turn to... Second Timothy, Second Timothy two. Second Timothy chapter two, verse number two. Probably a familiar portion of scripture. Actually we'll go to verse number one first. Second Timothy two. Verse number one and verse number two. Last year when we visited, we've been trying to visit every summer. It's the longest break we can have as far as myself from having to teach. So we usually try to come back for the summer months. Uh, my parents, are, they still live in San Francisco, and they immigrated from Hong Kong over 40 years ago, and they're both retired. And uh, this summer, uh, it seems like we have I've spent quite a few days just taking my parents to uh, visit the doctors. And uh, so please be in prayer for their health. Uh, I believe my mom is a born-again believer, so that encourages my heart. Um, but my father is not a believer, and so it's always good to just be back to try to spend time with him. And I appreciate your prayers for his salvation. And uh, so we usually back for a short furlough in two months. There's just a lot that um, we have going on, a lot of things to do. We're still planning for homeschooling or uh, speaking of just catching up. Um, we have a prayer card. Our latest prayer card is uh, on the, in the foyer there. Um, our youngest daughter is on our latest prayer card. Charity, she'll be 16 months tomorrow. No, let's see, yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow's the, four, tomorrow's the 14th. Yeah, tomorrow's the 14th. And uh, and happy early birthday, brother Gary. <laughs> and uh, you don't have to tell us how old you are. Um, in, in eternity, it won't matter. <laughs> so, um, looking forward to when you get make it to China and visit. Uh, but we're so we're usually gone, and uh, we the last. A uh, few years, we've been working with another missionary family, Nathan Ching and his family, and they now have six kids. Uh, when we started the church plant, they had three. Three? No, they had. They had two. They had two. They had two. They had one on the way, <laughs> and now uh, they have six. Um, but they, they ended up leaving the field uh, last year, September fifth, uh, due to the air pollution there in Beijing. And so they are now uh, raising support to go to Hawaii. And since uh, Brother Nathan has been in China for 11 years, they, they learned the Mandarin Chinese language, and they have a heart to reach the Chinese-speaking people there in, in Hawaii. And so I'm sure he would appreciate our prayers. And so for the last 10 months, it's just been uh, our family uh, just leading the work there at Grace and Jew Baptist Church. And we weren't sure if we would come back this summer, to be honest. Uh, just being away, we're like, well, if we leave, then who's going to be teaching and preaching? And so, uh, that's why I want to look at this verse here for a moment. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse number 1 and 2. We'll look at Second Timothy 2, verse 1 and 2. It says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou the faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Now, one word I want to look at there is in verse number 2, faithful. How do we, how do we understand faithful? When we think of the word faithful these days, what are some thoughts that come to mind? Some who's, who's dependable. Okay, good. That's good. Any? Yes? Okay. Believe mixed with perseverance. Okay, good. Okay. Uh, 
obedience, okay, dependable, reliable, some other words, committed, okay, faith, believing with perseverance, okay, that's good. And how about trustworthy? Okay, trustworthy, okay, worthy of our trust, right? We can trust them because they're dependable, they're responsible, they're reliable, okay. Um, verse 1 says, talks about, uh, thou therefore my son, now we have, we're, we're thankful um, that during the time that we left uh, last summer to return back to the field, um, I mentioned that there was a, uh, a gentleman who uh, was really getting closer and closer to really understanding the gospel and embracing the gospel. His name is Li Hao, or Mr. Li, if you want, or Brother Li now. And uh, last summer, probably around this time during the summertime, he, he made the decision to, you know, the Lord touched his heart and he, he, uh, he humbled himself under the gospel and recognizing his need for the Lord Jesus Christ to be his Savior. He humbled himself saying, hey, I'm a sinner, I've offended God, and I need Jesus Christ to be my personal Savior. And so um, Brother Lee has been saved for about a year, and not very long, but even before then, he was very, very faithful. He had been coming to our church really every Sunday for, for over a year, and the Lord had been really working on his heart. He was actually teaching his, his, his leading Bible time with his family. He wasn't even a believer, but it really just honored the book, the Bible, and he was, he was trying to do his best as an unregenerate man to lead his family uh, in studying the Bible together. Um, but he's been very, very faithful from before his conversion, coming to church every Sunday, to even after, even more so after his conversion. And you know, I I thank the Lord for Brother Lee. He's he's been helping out in our church, very faithful, faithfully coming. And uh, he has been out of work for about three years uh, in China. There's not really much of any, how, what should I say, <laughs> not a lot of human rights. And if there's an HR department, they don't really do anything to help their employees. He used to work for Nokia. And Nokia ended up being bought out by Microsoft. And they kept him on for, I think, less than a year. And then they downsized. And he hasn't been able to find work in that field because, well, he's, he's now 40 years old. And in China, uh, it's still, uh, there's a lot of people living in China, over, over a billion people there. And so they would rather hire someone younger, someone especially fresh out of college, because they could pay him lower. And so he hasn't found a stable job in over three years. But during that time, the Lord really humbled him. Uh, last year, no, actually, no, I'm sorry, not last year. Oh, yeah, about a year ago, uh, they had their, their second child. And uh, during that time, the government had already opened up its one-child policy. So you could have you got a two-child policy now. So they weren't penalized for having a second child. And, but during that time, he was very humbled because his wife, here she is, she's, you know, she should be going on maternity leave, but because he had not been working for, at that time, for two years, and his wife is, is a godly Christian, uh, a young lady, and, and, um, and so she was, well, not, not that young, but, but, she was, but she was, so he was very humbled to realize, you know, I, I don't have work, I'm not providing for my family, my wife, she's expecting our second child, and so he was really, really humbled, and during that time, he, uh, he began studying the Bible. And uh, more and more, and even, like I said, uh, leading his family in, in Bible time. And so, um, you know, the Lord got a hold of his heart, and, and he's, he's now a believer, and we thank God for that. And so during that time, I thought, you know, he, he doesn't have work, and so he, he, he has a lot of time. But sometimes, you know, as some people would say, idleness is the devil's workshop. There's a lot of temptation. When you're idle and you don't have a lot to do, you're not working eight hours a day or some, some of us nine, ten hours a day. 
And so I thought, wow, I better, you know, pray with him. And, and I want to say the Bible with, with Brother, Brother Li Hao. And I thought, you know, um, how about this? Every week we have memory verses, but I don't want to just memorize verses. I want us to understand what we're memorizing. So I thought, well, you know, how about, you know, can you explain some of the memory verses that we have every week? That'd be a good start. And so I asked him if he could just begin explaining it. And if you don't understand it, please ask me. Or how about this? The first few weeks, why don't you explain it to me first before you stand in front of the church and, and explain the memory verse to the church family? And, you know, I have, I have, I have to tell you, I was really impressed. He is, he's, he's an introvert. He, is, he does not like, you know, talking to a lot of people if he doesn't know you very well. And the job that he had working for Nokia, he never had to do any public speaking in staff meetings. So for him to stand up in front of, I don't know, six, seven, ten, fifteen people, you know, it's, it's not easy for him. And so uh, the first time he stood up in our church, and, and uh, well, I'm sorry, I need to backtrack. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, Brother Lee Howe, after I heard his testimony when I returned after being on, on a short furlough here, um, I, I thought, you know, I think, I think you, you understand salvation and hearing his testimony and his experience. I believe he does know the Lord. And so I said, well, let's, let's get baptized. We have one Sunday left in the year. It's Christmas Sunday. Uh, last year, Christmas fell on a Sunday. And so we, I, I want to hear his testimony. And, and my wife, Joyce, has, has been studying with his wife, uh, Lily, for uh, over a year and a half. And we said, you know, it would be wonderful if the both of you want to get baptized on Christmas Sunday. And, but before you do that, I want you to share your testimony, what you share with me, uh, before the church family. I think the, the people in China, they need to hear your testimony. Uh, from someone who was a professing atheist, to how God touched your heart and completely changed your mind, saying, no, God exists. And, and I believe he's the God of the Bible, not, not, not Buddha or any other uh, false gods. And so I said, please share your testimony. And it was a blessing just hearing his testimony. And, and he even admitted it was his first time speaking up in front of so many people. He's never had to do that in school or, in, or just when, uh, doing staff meetings. And, but, you know, he had something to say because of what, what God did in his life. And uh, so since uh, Christmas of last year, I um, began meeting with him, trying to encourage with him. And so I said, yeah, why, why don't you begin just by explaining the memory verse each week? You know, that would be a big help to, to our, our church family. Uh, you know, they need to understand what we're memorizing from God's word. And, you know, he's been doing a, a fantastic job. I and mean, God's really just growing him. He's really maturing. And there was one time, I don't remember which verse it was. It was, a, it was actually a difficult verse to kind of analyze. And I was kind of playing a devil's advocate, if you will, by asking him a very tough question to see if he could answer it. Because you have to understand, his, you know, his Chinese, I mean, he, he's educated. And his Chinese, I mean, he has no problem explaining things. I mean, uh, for me, I'm still trying to learn a language. I'm limited in my vocabulary in Mandarin. And he could just explain things in about two or three minutes, where it would take me maybe five to ten minutes to explain, because I'm lacking the vocabulary, if you understand what I'm saying. And so, uh, so I was asking him a very tough question for everybody. I said, you know, you did a good job explaining it, but, let me, but in case someone is still unclear about this verse, let me ask another question about this. And he did, a, he did an awesome job explaining that verse. I said, bro, that is a good explanation. Can you say that again? <laughs> I, need to learn, I need to know how to explain that in Chinese in, in the way that you put it. And so it's been, it's been a huge blessing. Uh, this, um, <clears throat> this past around late spring, um, his, his family uh, took a, a two-month vacation to America. And right now, their family is really living by faith. I mean, they really are. Um, they are really dissatisfied with the public school system in China. I'm sure we're probably not happy with the public school system in America. But uh, they, they wanted to take their son out of the public school and begin homeschooling uh, their oldest. Their oldest is seven years old. 
And I think it's a lot of faith to do that. I mean, it's a big struggle because if you homeschool, I mean, who in China is going to accept your, your diploma? I mean, how are you going to attend college? They're going to look at you and say, like, where did you graduate from? You know, what homeschool is this? You know, what curriculum did you, did you, uh, did you teach your, your son? And so they were really struggling with that, but they, they decided they want to homeschool uh, that, their, their children. And um, Sister Lily, she actually, she, she resigned from her job. She resigned from her job, and right now, neither of them are working right now. They're really just trusting the Lord uh, to help them with their homeschooling. But during, during that time, they want to go on vacation for, for, for a couple of months. And before they went on vacation, I told them, uh, I said, you know, Brother, Brother Lee, can you uh, teach our adult science issue class? Uh, we have been going, we started a curriculum called Firm Foundations from Creation to Christ. It's a total of about 50 lessons. It started from Genesis all to, to the cross and the resurrection. And uh, we have the materials there, so you don't have to teach from scratch. Uh, we have it there. And I said, can you begin teaching this month before you go on a two-month vacation? And it, it just so happened that when they returned from the vacation, we would be gone. So I, I wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to see each other be, before we would go on our furlough. But I said, well, could you teach for, for that month of April be, before, you, before you go? And he said, you know, sir, uh, certainly I'd be happy to. Because, again, you know, he, he hasn't been working. And so I thought, okay, please uh, teach uh, the, the Firm Foundations class, and he, he taught, I'm sorry, he taught the last couple of weeks before they went on vacation, and he, he did just, again, by God's grace, he, he, did, he did a great job. Uh, some, a lot of the, the Chinese brothers and sisters there, they said, you know, we, we enjoyed, we enjoyed uh, Brother Lee teaching in the Sunday school, and it was, he did a great job. His first lesson, I mean, I had no idea it was the first, you would have, he would have had no clue it was his first time teaching, and, but he, he did a great job. Uh, that, that, for, that first time he taught through that adult class. And so we're really thankful because uh, as we see this verse here, it says that well, we need to commit what we've learned, what God has taught us, to faithful men. It doesn't say people who've been saved for a very long time or someone who's very, very mature, but someone who's really faithful, have a humble heart seeking the Lord. And he's been very, very faithful, and the Lord's really using him. And it just encourages my heart that as we're gone for these nine weeks, uh, that he could teach the adult Bible class. We have a couple of other sisters that, that are leading the children's Sunday school class, including his wife, Sister Jiang uh, Lili. And so that's been a blessing. Uh, now, during the nine weeks that we've been gone, we've been able to find some other um, churches nearby. Uh, one is, is led by a missionary pastor, and another one is a church that was actually handed over by a, a missionary that's trained a, uh, a Chinese man. And this, this brother, we, we, we support him. And he's a blessing. He's training men under his church. They don't have a pastoral title, but these men, these young men have been, he has three men that he's training, and they, they preach, they alternate every week. And so it's been a big blessing to hear the report as far as what's been going on there in Beijing at Grace and Chu Baptist Church. Uh, it just throws my heart to know that there's actually Chinese people that are being trained to serve the Lord. And it really encourages them to know that. I've, I told them, I said, this is not a missionary church. I know the Qing family, they've left. They're, they're going to Hawaii. They're, they're planning on going to Hawaii. But this is not a missionary-run church. Um, you know, good indigenous churches, you know, we need to chain the Chinese people to, to mature, to develop, to develop their spiritual gifts, to serve the Lord. Amen? And there's no telling what's going to happen. Uh, last year I mentioned that Joyce's first pastor, um, he's no longer welcome in China. They found out he, he was leading an unregistered house church, and he's not welcomed. Now, the unusual thing about it is that his family is welcomed. Um, I think it was late uh, April or so, his wife and his son and daughter went back because they still had a lot of belongings. I mean, they, they didn't have a whole lot of time to pack everything up. 
and uh, but you know his his family is able to go back, but um, not the missionary pastor. They, they they said no, you know you're the ringleader, so to speak, and you know we know that you were the you were the pastor uh, leading that church, and so they denied his visa, but his wife and his children were able to go back. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, one other thing I want to share, uh, Brother Nathan Ching, he did go back for a couple of weeks, so he did cover for a couple of weeks since we've been on furlough, and uh, the Lord really used him mightily. We're really thankful for uh, the productive time he had. Um, <clears throat> we we began to uh, publish, or to print out even more tracks. This track here, uh, I had a part in writing, and we had another Chinese man that we support that kind of helped to supplement anything so that it would, more, it would resonate more with the Chinese mindset. And we printed another 20,000 of these. Now, these tracks here, they do have our phone number on there. Now, again, I don't understand, you know, some of the rules and laws there. I think there are laws in China, but they don't always enforce them. And that's the thing. It's always confusing because if you don't enforce the law, it's almost like, then why do you even have it? And, uh, but I know that uh, some of the other churches that we work with, they've been passing these out, and they've, some, of, some police have confiscated this track, and our number's on there. And we, we have a, a young man that goes by the English name of Timothy, and I still remember he would give us. A, he gave me a call. He said, "Oh, I'm, you know, I need to let you know that um, I was just doing trying to spread the gospel, and some police came by and took the tracks that I had and talked to me for a few minutes. And so they have your tracks and your numbers on there. So if they ever give you a call, please be in prayer as far as how you respond." I'm like, "Okay, well, thank you, brother." And so <laughs> I appreciate that. And so, but you know, no one's ever called. So some police station somewhere, you know, they have different local offices and different different uh, districts and neighborhoods. So some of them they have our number somewhere, but I've never gotten a phone call. So we haven't changed it; we kept it there. And so um, it's always interesting. Uh, it's an adventure, man, serving there. But we're, we're just again we're, we're thankful um, that there are some faithful men that are, that are faithfully serving and leading. And uh, we also have people who have you know stepped stepped up since we've been gone. Uh, you know, we do have lunch. We have lunch every every Sunday so that there's more opportunity in the fellowship because uh, we're so busy during the week. It's usually that once a week when we're able to see each other. And so we're, we're thankful uh, that there are more families getting involved in cooking and cleaning and leading Sunday school. And, you know, Brother Lee Howe, again, he's doing a, a fantastic job teaching adult Bible class and also explaining the memory verse uh, each week and also giving announcements uh, on Sundays as well. So we're, we're, we're thankful. Faithful men, faithful men. Um, well, during this time, I don't know, if there, are, there, are there some questions about just some things that, are, that you have as far as just what's happening in, in China? I appreciate your prayers and, and your financial support as far as giving a little bit of an update as far as what's going on there. Yes? Government's okay with versus what they're not okay with, and maybe what. Um, okay, yes. You know, um, you know I, I can't speak from a lot of experience because I've never registered, and, um, but I, I can only imagine that if you to register, uh, they would, I guess, give their stamp of approval, whatever that, whatever that means. Uh, that means probably if you had something special. that you could probably give out that type of, um, I don't know, pamphlet or a leaflet out for if you have some type of special 
a service going on, a meeting going on. Um, but as far as, they would probably regulate what you're able to teach and preach. Uh, I don't know if, again, it, it, it probably varies on your location. And it varies on your neighborhood or district or where you're at, your, your little county or community there. As far as who wants to monitor, like, okay, you know, term, probably you might have to show them your sermon outline, depending on the areas, if you were to register there. And there are some doctrines, again, that I've heard from other missionaries who have already been questioned, uh, that you cannot teach or preach. It's been outlawed. And one of the, one of the doctrines and teachings is the second coming of Christ. They don't, they don't allow that. I know pastors have been teaching on, on Revelation, but there are probably some things that you cannot teach uh, according to you know, their, their law there because they, they don't want Jesus to come back. Uh, obviously, they, they want to always have a communist leader, a Chinese person leading their country. And so that, that's, that's one doctrine I know that's, that's outlawed. That you cannot preach the second coming of Christ. He came, he left, and they want to leave it at that. So, so they, don't, they don't allow that teaching. Um, but if you're, not, if you're not registered and you do not let the local government know that, hey, we are running a, a house church here, then I'm sure there's different treatments between the foreigner and for you know, someone that's local, a Chinese person. Um, the foreigner, what they would probably do is they may just say, hey, you know, we'll give you some time. I want you to come by the local police station and we need to have a talk. You know, why are you here? Who's, who's funding this? You know, how, how, are you, how are you living here? Are you really teaching English? Do you really have a job here? And that you're, teach, you're doing this missionary stuff on the side. You know, what are you doing? Uh, a lot of times what they're concerned from other missionaries who have been detained and questioned, they're always concerned about who's funding you? You know, are you doing this full time? You know, what, what visa do you have? And are, do you have a legitimate job? Why are you here? And that's, that's one of their concerns. You know, are you a spy? You know, who's, who's funding you? How, how are you living here? Just, just, just teaching this book. And, um, you know, uh, what, what else are you teaching? I know a lot of times, you know, we want to always uh, let them know that we're not teaching, we're not teaching as far as, uh, you know, just the, the governance, you know, what, what type of um, system. Is it communistic? Is it a capitalistic or, or a democracy? You know, I think that's something that they probably want to find out other than how, how are you being funded to be here. Um, but you normally they'll probably ask that, that you at least pay them a common courtesy to go by the police station and just talk to them. They want to find out a little bit more. If you don't, then either, I've heard from different experiences from other missionaries, they'll either just let you, they'll either, some, again, depending on location, uh, they'll either tell you, well, you have a few days to pack up your stuff and leave. Or other places, they'll say, well, you know, your visa is going to be expiring. After it expires, then we'll never give you another visa to come back in. And, and that's been the experience of some, uh, some other foreign American missionaries that's, that's been there. So, good question. Uh, are there other, other, uh, yes, yes, sir. Pastor, can you tell us about the Pulonggang? What is their faith? Uh, I'm sorry? The Pulonggang. Oh, Falonggong? Uh, Falong. Uh, okay, that, okay. Pronounce uh, Okay, um, they, okay, that's, that's a good question. There, there's a group there that has always been trying to expose, well, I shouldn't say, I'll put it this way. They try because most of the world already are familiar with the Tiananmen Square massacre that took place June fourth, nineteen eighty nine. Some of us are maybe, if you're younger, you might not be, be certain of what, what took place there. But in nineteen eighty nine, around May, uh, late May, well actually around May time, there was a lot of student protests that took place in Tsinghua University and Peking University. Uh, they were fighting for for more human rights and 
also they wanted democracy. They, they didn't like this um, feudal system and uh, you know this communistic system that they're, they're that, that they're living under. And so a lot of students, I mean, there were thousands and thousands of students that decided to camp out on Tiananmen Square, which would be the equivalent of the National Mall in Washington, D.C., if you've ever, ever been to the National Mall. They went to Tiananmen Square, and they camped out there. And there were even some students that went on a hunger strike and said, we will not eat until we see some reform here. And they wanted some dialogue between you know, some of the student leaders there, or some of the government leaders in Beijing. Well, long story short, um, they, they put a stop to that, and they rode in tanks in the military, and they, they, they just, I don't know how many were killed by gunfire or, or just uh, tanks rolling over students um, during that time. Of course, these students, they have, they're unarmed. I mean, you don't have the right to bear arms there. And so Falun Gong has always wanted to expose this tragedy to the Chinese people and also wanted a public apology uh, by communist China to say, you know, that we apologize for crushing democracy in such a violent, violent manner. And so that's, that's, that seems to be the whole mission is to do that because, you know, much of the world is already familiar with what took place on that day. But that's, that's, that's their goal is just to really, just, you know, they want people in China to be aware of what took place in their history. And they want the People's Republic of China and the government leaders to apologize for that tragedy. And so that's, um, that's just what Falun Gong is, is really all about. Uh, no, they're, they're not. If, if I study a little bit of, of that movement, they believe more in, in, in meditation. But no, they're, they're not believers. They're not. So, yes. What part of China where these uh, Jews came from? Because mm -hmm. I always watch the news that the people from mm -hmm. that place are have, have a Jew relationship. You know, I, I've heard of uh, I, I heard of that as well. I have not visited the place. It's it's, it's located around southern China, uh, central southern China, that region uh, that I've heard. I've not been to that area there. My, my wife would be a little bit more familiar with that area. Um, where there are uh, some, you know, maybe some Jews that maybe uh, married with, with some Chinese or, or have, have that blood relationship there. Um, I'm not 100% I'm not too familiar with it myself. I've always, I've never studied it and I haven't visited that place. But when I talk to a lot of the, the Chinese believers there in China, even uh, those who are in Beijing, they've always said, yeah, you know, they're, there, there are some there and, and there are a lot of their practices there. It's very close to a lot of, of the Jewish traditions. I haven't been able to, to visit there, unfortunately. I would love to one day. If there's a place that I know my wife and I talk about a lot, we like to visit Israel. I haven't been to Israel, but I, I, I like to visit Israel. I haven't been able to do that. How many here have ever been to Israel? Pastor been to Israel, Brother Gary's been to Israel. I like to visit. I think it's, it's worth, I don't know if it's expensive, I think it'd be worth the trip to, to go to the place where, where our Lord and Savior and, and, and disciples walked. Yes. Uh, evangelizing and you know promoting the church and um, getting people to visit and so forth. I know you talked about the tracks already. Mm 
Yes. Um, but how else, what other kind of methods do you guys use? Uh, wow. I, we, we've kind of shifted it a little bit as far as uh, as far as how uh, our approach is in fulfilling the Great Commission. Um, before, when it was under President Hu, he was really laid back. I mean, I believe there were already a lot of laws in place, but I don't think he was enforcing the laws. And so we felt like, wow, if we were to pass out tracts or meet people in public parks or, camp, or campus ministry, um, we really didn't feel threatened. But those are changing now. And, but even with that said, um, we really believe it's really important to build up the people in our church to mature in the faith so that they would uh, learn to follow Christ. And what I focus even the last 10 months, rather than having like a special day where, and, and, I, and I understand how other churches, they want to go out and, and have other believers just say, let's take an hour or two to go somewhere, whether it be street preaching or, or knocking on doors or whatever the means are. And it's because you have encouragement and you're focused. Um, but what we've done, and, uh, you know, I've talked it over with my wife. I said, you know, I think we need to build up the people. Because Jesus says, if we, when we follow him, he says, follow me and I'll make you become fishers of men. And as we're fishing for men, he was talking to a bunch of fishermen. So they weren't using a fishing rod. You know, they were, using, they were casting out nets. They were getting a bunch of nets out. And I thought, you know, as, as I was encouraging our people, you know, number one, they need to understand what the gospel is. You know, how do you present it to people? You know, what, what components make up the gospel? So people understand what they're presenting. And also, we need to live, we need to have a right platform. Our testimony is very important. How do, how do fishes bite? Well, we need to have a good testimony. We need to be full of love, joy, and peace. Otherwise, people are not attracted at all. What, what we don't attract, we can't influence. So I said, it needs, to be, it needs to start with us at our workplace, in our neighborhoods, with our neighbors, with our unsaved family members. So I said, it needs to start there before you, you, know, you talk to people on a subway, on a bus stop somewhere. And so we've been looking at it as more kind of natural, organic. I so said, look at your neighbors, look at your family, look at people you work with, look at your children and their classmates and their families, uh, for, for those that, that have their kids go to public schools, and say, you know, how, how can we, how do we influence people? How do we attract people? Are we full of love, joy, and peace? Or is there a lot of discontent in our marriage? And are we yelling at our kids now and then? Uh, constantly, and that doesn't attract people to to our family. It's like I don't want their marriage. I don't want I don't want their relationship with you know between the parents and the children. And so I so said we need to make sure that we have the right attitude, so we're we're attracting people to the gospel, and so that when we present the gospel or when we are understanding the Bible more and more, that they'll be able to be a witness everywhere that they're at. I hope does, does that make sense? You know, to be more organic, not just something where they feel like they need to cold turkey someone that they don't even know, per se. Now, when they get really mature, hopefully become natural, that they just know how to talk to people, strike up a conversation, and uh, be able to maybe turn a conversation into the eternal. And mention the Lord there. So, very good question. Yeah, I think we're, we're, we're out of time. So, um, if, if there are any other questions, you could, uh, you could uh, feel free to ask, uh, maybe after the service or sometime maybe later on in the afternoon. Let's just have a word of prayer, and, and then we'll, we'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you. Uh, Lord, I, on the behalf of my family, you know, Lord, our, we have a special place in our hearts for this church, Lord. We thank you for Pastor Smith. Thank you for uh, Berean Baptist Church, uh, for their love, their friendship, for their support, their prayers. And, Lord, just uh, the questions I've been asking, I know, Lord, that they, uh, they have a heart to... Um, 
see how uh, your great commission could be fulfilled in, in communist China. And Father, I do pray for President Xi. Uh, Lord, it is uh, you know, what you command us to pray for those in authority that they that all men all may be saved and come to knowledge of the truth. And Lord, I pray that he would be able to hear truth with people around him. I don't know how he would respond to what he hears, but Lord, we leave that in your hands. And uh, Father, we uh, thank you, Lord, for raising up uh, the Lee family there who's able to help, whether it's cooking or cleaning, giving announcements and explaining a memory verse every week and even leading adult Sunday school class and children's Sunday school class. Pray help him mature, help Brother Lee be able to find a stable job soon, be able to support his family. And Lord, I pray that it will not affect him on the weekends, that he's still able to spend family time and be able to continue to serve you there at our local house church. Father, continue to meet the needs here in Sonoma County. And uh, Father, please, I pray that you would use Berean Baptist Church to turn this part of the world upside down for Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us eternal life and giving us abundant life here um, on this earth. Please guide us the rest of the day as we worship you together in spirit and in truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Ronert Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.